You are listening to Radio Reverb 97.2 FM. My name's Claire Parker, and it's time for tea, your monthly window on all things transgender. Each month we'll be diving into trans news, reviews and interviews from Brighton, the UK, and what's happening globally, good and bad. Coming up over the next hour, we are just days away from the UK's first ever trans pride and with that in mind it is entirely appropriate that we dedicate this whole show to everything trans pride to help me get through this and add some real gravitas i'm delighted to say that we have one of the organizers of trans pride Saba chowdhury in the studio also joining me we have benjamin pritchard a trans comedian who's also one of the lineup for trans pride in the past and joining us via Skype, Bethany Black, headlining the Trans Pride in the Park this year, as well as our usual attempts at dissecting current transgendered stories in the news this month, the ones that made our skins glow, as well as the ones that made it cruel, as well as plenty of music to oil our way, all here on Time for Tea on Radio Reverb 97.2. First out of the bag, James Brown. All aboard for Night Train!
James Brown and Night Train. You're listening to Time for Tea on Radio Reverb 97.2 FM, the UK's first dedicated trans radio show. Now, trans pride is almost upon us, and this coming Friday the 26th, it all kicks off with trans-inspiring films at the Duke of York Cinema. But before we dive into all the juicy events, let me welcome to the studio Sava Chowdhury, part of the organising team, and Ben Pritchard, who will be performing at Trans Pride in the park. Welcome. Thank Claire. you. Thank you. Hello. <laughs> Hello, Claire. Ha- oh, that's very polite. I know. I'm very <laughs> lovely. We, like, we do like polite guests. <laughs> Hello, Miss Parker. So we'll get to you later, Ben, but Sarah, I just want to put you in the hot seat so, so it is. Uh, I'm really interested, I'm sure everyone else is interested. How did, how did, how did it all get started? Um, it was a, not even a year ago when um, a, few, a few of us got together and started talking about having a trans pride and it started off with wanting to have a, a march like um, Brighton Pride does up uh, through the town um, but for whatever reason we got busy um, you know as it happens in trans communities someone's getting surgery someone's recovering um, so it just disappeared and then it was uh, Sarah Savage from My Transsexual Summer who got in touch with us and really wanted to pick this back up and then suddenly it just kind of exploded and everyone was just so excited and we very quickly got a great team together um there's four of us and it's fox also from my transsexual summer um he's helped out loads of doing design and he's got lots of great contacts sarah as i said who's just brilliant with publicity and press she just just has a way with words. Um, we've got Steph, who um, is part of the Claire Project and Brighton Both Ways in Brighton, and she's just been fantastic and just has so much, so much to say. And she's really helped us out with all the contacts as well. Um, and me, and I end up doing the bits that no one to do. <laughs> yes, uh, I won't use the word, the phrase, the dog's body. But, uh, <laughs> there we go. That's fantastic. So let, let, let's let's come on to my point, which I really want to know is why is trans pride important well there's there's lgbt pride there's gay pride there's black pride um and the reason for that is because those groups they, they have different struggles and the transgender community we our struggles are different too um we've got to overcome more obstacles and because of that we need more help and support and that's because people don't understand they might not know um they might have the education and we can overcome all of this with visibility um so we're making a stand. We, we're not. We're not scared. We know what's in the news too. We're reading it. We're a part of it. We're hurt by it, but we're still here, and we're going to stand together. We're still. We're still fighting for our rights. Excellent. Um, now you mentioned um, the march. Now I think you've got some an update on the march at the moment, haven't you? Something's happened with that. That's right. We're, we're afraid we've had to um, cancel it this year, um, simply because we just didn't have enough time, and you know the police are supportive of our decision. Uh, we think it's the best way to to do it you know we, we want to have a safe march and it's just not the right time this year but we do fully intend to do it next year excellent so you think you have all the tools in the bag to do it next year oh yeah definitely Absolutely. did you find it quite a struggle what was the biggest challenge was it the police force trying to get it, them involved um what in terms of uh the march i think it was just them understanding what it will be and i think you know it's normal for someone to panic when there's you know some sort of protest going on and i think it's also bright and pride around the same time it, there's a lot going on for the police so and and for us as well so they probably ran around with, like headless chickens as soon as they heard oh goodness not another thing for us to marshal so <laughs> so who is who is trans pride for essentially 
it is for everyone. Um, like I said, it, we we're raising awareness, we're increasing visibility, and and that's for everyone. It, it's for the trans community. It's for it's for us. It's for our friends, our family, our allies, our supporters, our partners, um, our our family and friends who aren't here today. It's um, yeah, it's open to everyone. So you're looking for you're looking for absolutely all age ranges. Oh yeah, to definitely. Come and enjoy all abilities as yes, well as of course. all genders. That's fantastic. Now I want to talk more about what's actually coming up, but we're going to break for some music now. So um, let's break there, and we'll come back in a moment for some music. So next up, Ian Jerry. Just cause I ain't never read no nothing worth having Never, ever, never, ever You ain't got no call not to think I wouldn't fall into thinking I ain't too clever And it ain't not having one thing nor not another either Neither is it anything, whatever And it's not not knowing that there ain't nothing showing and no answer to the name of Trevor. However, just cause I ain't never said no, nothing worth saying, never, ever, never, never, ever. Things have got read into what I never said till my mouth becomes me head, which ain't not all that. And it's not not saying one thing, no, not another, either, neither is it anything I haven't said, whatever. And it ain't not proving that me mind ain't moving an answer to the name of Trevor. This is mad cause nothing underfoot comes and nothing less to add to a load of old to And I run off not off glad cause there's nowhere to put it Even if I had, I'm a bit of a jack the lad
clever, clever Trevor. Why brows wonder whether clever Trevor's clever? Either have they got, no, neither haven't not got no right to make a club out of Trevor. Also, it takes much longer to get up north. The slow way.
was Light My Fire by Shanda Ankar, Ananda Shankar even, and before that you heard Ian Jury and the Blockheads with Clever Trevor. You're listening to Time for Tea on Radio Reverb on 97.2 FM, and you can also catch us um, on iTunes and Podomatic on timefortea.podomatic.com. Now, we're back with Shabba. Um, Shabba, um, tell us all about the events. When, when does it kick off and what, what can we expect on the first day? Um, well, it all starts on Friday 26, which is next Friday, and we've got a special showing of Tomboy, um, and that's at the Duke of York um, Cinema at Comedia. And we've actually also got two documentary films before Tomboy, so you've got a great, great deal there. Um, you can buy all the tickets for that online um, at the Duke of York website. Um, yeah, and tickets are limited, so make sure you get yours fast. We've also got some drinks deals going on with the Marlborough and the Zone, so hopefully afterwards we can go for a chat and just make some friends, network, you know, engage with the trans community. Excellent. So you talked about price. Can you give us an idea of the price? Um, prices do vary. There are um, discounts for, um, you know, um, students and adults and kids and all that. I'm not really sure of the okay. actual prices. That's Everything's fine. Online. And um, Tomboy, what's that about? Um, it's a French film, uh, 2011, and it's about a... a little girl who goes to a summer camp and sort of explores their identity and is um perceived as a boy and it's it's very it's very nice and naive almost it's innocent but it's i i i feel it's quite um personal i i um relate a lot to it in that way in this kind of innocence and the parents and they don't know it's yeah, it's a real, a real treat. So it's a real journey for one individual and, and their family and how it affects them. That's yeah. interesting. Um, also, you talked about some documentaries. and um, What do we expect to see from them? I'm not sure yet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love your honesty. <laughs> well, well, obviously, it looks like you've got a, a good, a good, um, a good lineup there. So let's move on to the next day. Obviously, the, the, the big day. That's Trans Pride in the park. You've got loads of acts. Tell us about those. That's right. Um, it all kicks off at 12... Uh, midday at Newstein Gardens. Um, entry is completely free. Um, yeah, uh, there's community stores, so we've got um, lots of engagement from groups around Brighton and from London as well. And we've got a stage where you can hear some comedy, we've got um, poetry, we've got um, music, acoustic music, piano, and uh, DJ sets. And it's a real great mix. Um, I'll tell you about some of the acts we've got. We've got um, a DJ set from Pushy C, um, which is, I think she's from the same place in London where I'm from, which is really interesting. We're probably going to bond over that. But um, yeah, uh, she does Calabash at Brighton Pride and she plays a kind of a fusion of Bangra and drum and bass and soul and funk. And it's, oh, it just sounds brilliant. Um, we've also got uh, Johnny Wilde, which, who's a, a real cheeky guy from Brooklyn. Uh, he plays guitar. He's got attitude and a really sexy voice. I saw him on YouTube, and I was like, "Yep, yep, we're having him on stage." <laughs> and you got, he... me, you got me sold on the sexy voice. That's <laughs> lovely, thank you. Uh, well, we've also got a live performing drag duo called the Chameleons, uh, who consist of George DeMichael and Frankie Fillmore, and they host a variety of musical inspirations and originality. Um, I remember I wanted to be a drag king when I was younger, but then I realised I just kind of wanted to do it full time. <laughs> So, so what's stopping you from doing it now? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe you'll be inspired on the day. Perhaps, yeah. <laughs> Maybe my, my debut. Um, and we've got C.N. Lester, who is a musician, writer, activist, and they're from London. 
um, I've seen them a few times. Um, just such a voice like Velvet. It's it's really really oh it's powerful lyrics. It's it's amazing. Yeah, it's gonna how be great. You, how, how would you describe her music? Is it, is it folk? Is it um, anarchic? What what is it? Um, it's m- very mellow and emotional, but um, there's quite a variety of stuff. I'm not sure which ones we'll be hearing in the day, but it's gonna be great. Excellent. And I think you've also got the um, the women's chorus there. Is that right? Yes. Um, I think we're still getting details about that, but um, yeah, there's there's lots on there's lots on show. A real variety. Now, tell us about the comedians. Now, I know we've got one in the studio with us. Um, I've turned his microphone right down because he's too noisy. <laughs> we'll come to him later. But we have, tell us about other two comedians that you've got in the lineup. Um, Benjamin Pritchard. Uh, well, I don't really want to steal his introduction too much. Um, uh, yeah, up and coming trans comedian in Brighton. Um, and uh, we've also got Bethany Black, who we will hear from later in the show. Excellent. So we've got both both sides of the spectrum there. That's good, and that is that. That's it. That's the whole roundup for for the show. What sort of timings will that take? Will it be on um, all, all afternoon, or will there be a break so people can go away? Um, well, you know, things are going on all day. It's twelve till six, and there's there's food on site. We've got juices, um, coffees, and teas, cakes, sandwiches, everything, even face painting. Actually, <laughs> face. I've never had. I want a tiger. I want it. You don't see me as a tiger. That's fine. <laughs> and I think I think on that embarrassing note, well, let, let's have some music, and then we'll come back and we'll talk some more. I'm far away. I took a rocket trip to Mars. I flew away cause life on earth was too harsh on me when you were around i found life moved along on the breeze then you went away and the air turned thick and hard to breathe i'm far away i'm floating high above it all i Flew away cause from up here all seemed so small, so plain I walked on the moon but too soon I couldn't stand the view I turned to the sun and the stars but they all shine down on you And I know that I fooled around, I was wrong but I can't
You're listening to 97.2 FM on Radio Reverb. That was Frederica Starr with Rocket Ship to Mars. Now, it's time for the news, and each show will try to bring you what's happening on the trans front and what the media are getting all hot under the collar about, as well as some laid-back, chilled articles that fall into the come on in, have a cup of tea, and tell us all about yourself positive articles. Now, in the studio joining me today, we have Saba and we have Benjamin, and I hope you're going to be... Uh, you're going to be vocal on yes. these stories and, and add your own flavour because it's not just my opinion; it's your opinion as well. Um, so, the first up, um, you, you probably won't have, have missed this at all. It's what's happening in Greece at the moment about transsexuals being rounded up. Now, I have an article from Transgendered Europe article. I'd like to le- read to you first of all the first paragraph here. Um, this is a quote from the Greek Prime Minister, who's actually quoting or defending, I would say, what's happening with the. Uh, the, the, the roundup of transsexuals. Greek Minister Citizen Protection Dionardis, which sounds ominous <laughs> from the start, justified recent systematic police harassment of transgendered women in Thessalonica as an action to improve the image of city errors. In a reply to questions from three parliamentarians, he wrote the aim of the Special Operation Action Plan, which I noticed is an acronym for SOAP, is to tackle, among others, prostitution and exploitation of the sexual life and socially and economically vulnerable individuals to enhance citizens' feeling of safety and to improve the image of the above-mentioned areas. Now, one thing that I find is quite shocking as well, that they are forcing them to have HIV tests. Now, leaving aside uh, the issue, and I've I've read around this story, and what I find is that they are getting a lot of immigrant um, sex workers that are coming in, but I don't think that's got anything to do with it. I I think if you're actually targeting one specific sector of society because you think you can and because you can get people, I think that's absolutely disgusting. What are your thoughts? Um, I think it's disgusting as well. Um, I just, I can't get over the whole I mean, it's just the way all that was worded. It was just to basically cover up. They just want to get rid of transsexual people, basically, and they don't want people out there looking a bit strange compared to what the other people might look like. Um, but I have been to Greece, so I don't think they'd particularly stand out amongst some of the people there. Um, I probably won't be invited back now, anyway. Um, so, yes, um, no, I just think it is disgusting because it's just, it just a cover-up for them trying to just get rid of the people they don't particularly want to be there, basically. And Saba? Um... I just can't believe it. They started this cleansing of undesirable groups, um, I think last year, almost a year ago, and uh, they're giving up warnings, like, if you don't return to normal, and it's about, again, this they just don't really understand. There's no knowledge of uh, the transgender population. I mean, we're already marginalised and discriminated against, and it's just so undermining. There's no, there's no respect, and they're taking away our dignity, Absolutely agree, and uh, that, that's shocking, and I'm sure we, we're going to see a lot more on that story coming up now. The next story is one about language. I've, I've got an article here from the Huffington Post, and it really is discussing whether we should move forwards or whether we should stay with the word queer. Mm-hmm. Now, reading something from here, nearly every time this is... Um, Who's the, the article written by? It's by B.J. Epstein, and they, they say, nearly every time I write an article or talk on the radio about lesbian, gay, bisexual and transgendered issues. Something that that really sticks with me each time is the employment of the word queer. Now, typical responses include, nice article, but why do you have to use such a negative word? Or, I don't 
I doubt you really are LGBT, right? I mean, if you say queer, aren't you actually being obviously homophobic? And since summer is the season for LGBTQ pride events, it seems that the perhaps this is the ideal time to query the term queer and to think about why it seems to be a word that divides opinion. Now, I've noticed that it seems to have a different connotation here in the UK as it, as it does in the States. And going around the room, maybe a straw poll, Ben, do you advocate the word queer or not? Um, I advocate it in the way that it seems to be used now amongst the community. And this is something I only, I mean, um, when I was speaking on Cathy Caton's show a couple of weeks ago, I only just started being open about my transness and I only really started associating with other sort of trans people and the whole LGBT community when I started all this a few years ago. Um, so I wasn't really aware that the queer, the word queer was now a more positive thing. And I do feel very split a lot of the time because I think it, amongst some people in the community, they would describe me as queer. And I sometimes get a bit torn about that, having sort of grown up, I guess, um, I'm not that old, but when I grew up, obviously there were repeats of um, certain TV shows, comedies on the, on the TV that... Um, that was not a positive word to use at all. Um, so I think it's good that it's being owned again, but there needs more sort of um, awareness of that ownership because obviously some people are still thinking it's a really derogatory, horrible word. And so and obviously the people actually in the LGBT community are thinking it's a really positive thing, so maybe more awareness. And Sarah? Um, there, are, there are communities now who are reclaiming the word queer, and I, I am a part of that community. Um, for me, queer is a term which kind of takes away the, the binary. Um, it means that I don't have to explicitly identify myself as being a binary man and attracted to binary women. I It's very fluid. It's on the spectrum, and queer allows me to do that. Um, but I would still make the distinction between LGBT communities, and I would say that instead of queer as a whole. Okay, so um, I'm going to play devil's advocate. Let's, let's assume that the word queer is... It's gone. It's out there. We don't mm. want it anymore. Let's have some suggestions. I would, I would suggest maybe we should use another word that will really upset people, like the word "gay." Everyone seems to think, <laughs> "Oh, they've taken our word." Uh, yes. What do you think to the words "glorious" or "amazing"? Um, I think, I think "awesome." I, I, awesome. <laughs> I, I like "awesome." Yes, that, I'll, I'll, I'm taking that now. So, excellent, yes, just for me. Sarah, do you have anything you want to pop in there? Perhaps fantastic. Fantastic. I think so. We're awesome, and we're fantastic. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, I think, I think we're running short of time. Well, hopefully, we'll come back. For some more news stories later but let's have some music at the moment this is the roaches
the roaches and mr selak now my last guest in the studio today is a comedian his name is ben benjamin j pritchard he's a trans man and he'll be part of the lineup uh, for pride in the park this coming weekend mm-hmm. hello hello how I'm, are you doing I'm, I'm all right i'm glad you pointed out my J. I always like my J to be on show i spotted that i have to say Good. it was in your twitter account it was. apparently you are 79 yes I, I am yes yeah, 79 looking looking good for it so you're quite new to stand up and as far as i'm aware um there are fewer trans men comedians out there than trans women. Now, mm-hmm. perhaps it's an obvious question. Um, why? Um, that I, I really couldn't tell you. The only thing I can think of is um, a lot of... It seems to be, I think in general, trans men uh, a lot of the time want to go stealth. So they seem to sort of disappear into the ether. And they may well be, they may well be trans men comics out there, but obviously they're not identifying themselves as trans. I don't know. I mean, I did look up um, some trans comics last night, did a bit of Googlings, and I went on the internet as well. Um, And I I looked up who was around, and there do do seem to be more uh, trans women, but the two, I found one uh, trans male 
comedian in America called Ian Harvey, who I think is the most well-known guy. Um, there is another UK guy who I actually know um, through some friends, um, J- Jason Elvis Barker. Um, he's a multidisciplinary artist who does sort of stand-up comedy and spoken word as part of what he does, part of the sort of overall umbrella of what he does. Um, but yeah, it, it, I, I'm really not sure. I guess I'm, I'm hoping that with me sort of starting to do that now um, and, and feeling more open to talk about my transits in my comedy, whereas I wasn't doing that and I was keeping very secret sort of before, um, that maybe it will encourage other people. I mean, that's kind of the aim of doing it. So you're happy to be a trailblazer and a trendsetter? Yes, yeah, exactly. Um, Excellent. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. No, I know, I know, Jason. I'm, I'm not sure that Jason actually does this full time. So no, is this, is this something that you think you want to take full time and, and run with? I would love to do it full time. I guess the only thing that put me off when I looked up um, uh, trans male comedians last night, and I did, I looked at some clips of Ian Harvey. He's a great guy, and I thought he was very, very funny. But I did see him on on some awful shows. Um, I can't remember what it was called now, and I better not sakes i'll probably be sued um but he was on some shows and it was like it seemed to be a cross between a kind of a um, i don't know letterman show with sort of jerry springfield and they the minute he said he was trans i mean they just let rip and i mean obviously he was very good humored and he went with it but that sort of thing does obviously worry me but that is something obviously i think all trans communities have to be prepared for so this was like a gladiatorial event? Well, not really. It was a very... I think it was just their humour. It was basically a show where the, it's, it's one comedian is the host. He always hosts it. And then the other comedians all sort of sat around and they had it like a sort of chat show amongst themselves. They all talked amongst themselves. And then they each went on to do their act. Um, but he sort of came out, first of all, and said that he was um, a trans man comic. And they just... You know, they thought it was hilarious. The audience thought it was hilarious and all that. And and he obviously is totally used to that. And he was going along and making a joke of it and so on. But it was it was just things like um, he started talking about, uh, they were like, what, what's the lower surgery called? And he said phalloplasty. And one went, oh, I thought it was adedictomy. And that just, yeah, uh-huh. cr- cracks me uh-huh. up. I'm still uh-huh. laughing about that, in fact. Yeah. So were the audience, did you get a sense that the audience were laughing with or at? I think... They were. It was a mixture of both, but I think the way he played it very much, it, it developed into a with. So maybe at the beginning they were a bit like, oh, you know, uh, looking at him like some kind of freak or something. But the fact that he was so good-humoured about it, he didn't let them get away with things. He made jokes about them. But I think by the end he'd done a very good job. And from what I read on online, um, you know, he, he is a real trailblazer. He's been doing it now for about a decade or so. Um, and he, you know, I think last year he had his first ever, it was the first ever trans man comic to have his own TV special, which was very impressive. So that's obviously on my list now. Something to aspire exactly, to. And I think yes. that probably leads into my next question. Yes. Um, in a male dominated world, oh, blimey. <laughs> steady, yes. is it easier to make men laugh being a trans man comedian, do you think? I mean, it's that old hoary subject uh, about whether men are funnier than women. Yes, I really don't, because I've, I've not really been doing enough um with my open trans material um i'm really not sure i think that's yet for me to find out but i think the old argument about whether men are funny or women i still even though it is much more diverse it's much more balanced um you have people from all walks of life all genders you know all abilities i still feel like it does seem to be predominantly a sort of young male comic um and i suppose 
now I'm probably going to be seen as another young male comic, but my comedy is so not like a lot of the young male comics I've seen around. I don't, I don't sort of go in for the sort of swearing and the sex talk and all, all this kind of thing. Um, so yeah, it's it's just really, I can't I can't really answer, but I know that. I know that I personally find women comedians more funny. That's just a personal yeah, thing. Yeah, you have to excuse that. I think that's a, a whining oh, sound. Okay. It's probably the fire alarm. <laughs> but we'll pretend that we can't we'll pretend we No, exactly. So um, thanks for coming in today. And uh, I've asked you to mm-hmm. bring in a song that means something special yes, to yep, you yep. and your journey. And you're now you're now going to lay it upon the people. <laughs> so what song have you brought in well, to I've play? I've already been slightly ripped to shreds about this. Well, it's not, as I mentioned on Kathy Caton's show, it's not any kind of Celine Dion track. So let's not... I'm, so, I'm sorry, Saba. Saba's <laughs> crying on the floor um it is in fact the one and only by mr hawks
cheesy. That makes. <laughs> it's like so it, in one sentence. Why does that mean so much um, to you? That means so much to me because when it came out in '91, I was 11 um, and I didn't quite know what was going on with myself, um, but. The words in that song, as as Mr. Sir Hawks, he should be now, said, "No, no, no one can be myself like I can. For this job, I am the best man." Okay, lovely, Ben. It's been fantastic having you in the studio as well. And good luck on Saturday. Before Thank you. Go, Thank how you. do people get in contact with you? Um, they can follow me on the Twitterings um, at Benj Pritchard seventy nine. That's Pritchard with a T in it. Um, or if you want to book me for gigs, it's benpritchard at live.co.uk. And obviously, as Sabba said, I will be on the Saturday 27th at Pride in the Park. Excellent. Thank you. Now, my last guest has been described as UK's only goth, lesbian, transsexual, and he's actually headlining Trans Pride in the Park this coming Saturday the 28th. I caught up with her early in the week via Skype. Hello, Bethany. Hello, Claire. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm fine, thank you. I think it's the first. Well. We've, although we've been on the circuit, I think many years. I think it's the actual the first time that we've we've actually connected. So it's quite an event for both of us. Although that doesn't mean anything, I'm sure to the people out there. <laughs> yeah, this is it. Um, it's it's one of those things that they never put two trans comedians on in the same bill because that would cancel out the universe. It's like matter and antimatter meeting. <laughs> so, what does trans pride mean to you, Bethany, and why is it so important? I think one of the things about trans pride is that it's one of the areas of LGBT culture that's been sort of erased over the years. It was trans people who were at the forefront of the Stonewall riot and our contribution has sort of been moved out. But in the sort of 15 years since I came out and transitioned, society's changed that much that, you know, I feel it's fantastic that we can now reach a point where we can have a trans pride and it's sort of, it, you know, it's not people throwing rocks at us. When I first came out, it felt like being gay must have been in the 1950s. The fact that we've managed to reach this and that we're that it's just a, a party or anything, it's it's going out there and saying we have the right to exist just as much as anybody else. So I think it's absolutely vitally important. And it's not just an opportunity to go shopping. It should have and it will have a political element and an opportunity to stand up and say here we are. So you're going to be headlining, but let's take a step back. Looking at your resume and online, um, you have a history and a qualification in film and studies. So yeah. why did you get into comedy? Uh, comedy was something I always wanted to do. Um, growing up, that was the thing that was at the top of my sort of list of things that I ever wanted to do. Uh, it went stand-up comedian, rock star, film director. Now, I didn't think it was possible to become a stand-up comedian because as much as I wanted to, I didn't think I was funny enough. And I learned how to play bass and learned how to play guitar and I was in bands all through my teen years and decided to go off to university to study film to sort of follow up my third greatest love, um, which is what I did. So as a result of that, you know, it was one of those things that I never, genuinely never believed it was possible that I could become a stand-up comic, that I could do something. And so, yes, that's kind of how I ended up doing stand-up. And when did you start? It would have been, actually, it's nine years ago in August, nine years ago on the 16th of August that I started. Wow, so you're um, seasoned, you're quite seasoned. Yes, yes, um, like a good soup. Um, yeah, I've, uh, I've been um, doing it for about ten years, and it was... Like initially, when I first started, it was rooms above pubs, uh, which it still is quite a lot these days. But um, I got asked to MC a gig for a friend who had, was running this sort of like rock and roll cabaret night, which is what he wanted it to be. Um, and so I went on in between the bands and sort of talked to the audience and, and did all of this sort of stuff. Um, and it was it was a real baptism by fire because it was you know it, when people go out to see rock music, it's an entirely different. Um, attitude and it's an entirely different art form than going out to see stand-up you know it's it's um 
it's rock music seems to be a little bit more passive as an audience you're in an audience you're listening to the music maybe you're singing along maybe you're you're dancing but you know there isn't that sort of call and response that you get with with stand-up excellent Um, baptism of fire and yes i I understand the dynamics between either doing music or stand-up and which is probably why uh, events where they try and have music and comedy at the same time probably don't work so you're coming up yeah. to do you're coming up to do your show on Saturday. Um, tell us about some of the, the topics in your comedy that you deal with and that you'll be presenting this Saturday. Oh, I talk about everything, and basically, what I talk about is me. Um, I'm a bit narcissistic, but then again, if you were me, so would you be. Um, I talk about quite a lot because I, I do stupid things regularly. I'm an idiot. I'm fully aware of this. Um, I was an idiot when back when I still drank. I'm an idiot now. That's never going to change. The only thing that I get is perspective on how idiotic I was eight months ago. Um, and so a lot of my stuff deals with sort of like the in and outs of my daily life, um, where I live, dealing with the kids in my street, um, my partner, my cats, um, talking about being gay, talking about being trans. Um, it's just, you know, whatever's whatever's going on around me in the world that I find interesting or ridiculous um, or daft from... Um, from the kids in my street going and writing things in the dirt on my car through to whether or not Jesus' death was a kinky sex act gone wrong. You know, um, I talk, talk about all the big topics. I, I look forward to the latter on that. That, that sounds yeah. interesting to me. So with all this in mind, do you think, think comedy has given you a voice? Um, I don't know. I really don't know. Um, I, I've never backed down from anything. I've always been a fighter. I've always been someone who will argue whether or not I need to. Um, I've always been a person who's been sort of right there. Uh, I've never backed down from anything in my life. What stand-up has provided me is a platform rather than a voice. Um, And um, I think, you know, through things like that and Twitter, um, it's I find that these are the things with which I've been able to sort of like try and help in small ways sort of change people's perspective and try and get people um, more understanding. Excellent. Now, um, I'm interested in that word perspective because obviously being a trans comedian myself, I'm very interested in the dynamics of getting across a difficult and for many obviously an alien subject. So uh, in, in your show Beth Beth Becomes Her, uh, yeah. what did you find worked and what did you find didn't work with connecting to an audience when you were writing that show? I found that um, what I did when I was writing that show was try and be as honest as I possibly could. Um I found that the humour came from finding the places in in my experience that I normally wouldn't have shared with even my best friend and telling a group of strangers all about it. Because um, comedy works on connection. Comedy works on making people feel comfortable. And when you're telling a story like that, which is a story of my... Um, what happened before... What happened that led to me coming out as trans, what happened through my transition and what happened when I went for surgery and what happened after that. That was basically the story and I did it in an hour. And so the first 10 minutes of it had to be, by necessity, really, really dark um, because it was it involved my um, previous, the partner who I was with before I came out getting pregnant and then um, and having an abortion and only knowing about that, uh, only realising that she was pregnant within a couple of days of the cut-off point for being able to have an abortion. Um us breaking up, me falling into, me having a nervous breakdown and attempting suicide and then reaching the point where it was a jumping off point where it was either kill myself or come out and that was my stark two choices. Um, 
And what I found was that as long as you can make it a connection with people and as long as you can take them back to a safe place, you can pretty much talk about anything. You know, I had two jokes about my suicide attempts that worked really, really well on stage. Um, partly because one of my suicide attempts involved me trying to hang myself in my in my bedroom with a with a dressing gown cord and um, discovering at the point at which I stepped off the chair that uh, I should probably have done that before I'd gone and put on six stone through comfort eating um, <laughs> as I dragged an entire ceiling down on top of me. You know, if I'd have been sober, I probably would have been successful, but I wasn't. Um, I managed to like try and gas myself in my car with a length of hose pipe and uh, drove off to the woods and found that the place that I'd picked out already had a car there. So I drove off to try and find somewhere else and ran out of petrol. Um, you know, all of these things you can turn around because they are, they, they are inherently funny because it is absolutely failing when you're at your lowest point and that's kind of where comedy is. Comedy's about watching people fall down. Um, the fact that I'm still there to tell the story means that it does have means that they feel a little bit safer in it because I'm here in the end. And I think probably you know? that you're standing on stage and there's a confidence about you in saying it, saying I have a right to talk about these things probably brings them along with you rather than you being on stage and being nervous about a subject. That probably never works. Yeah, that's it, you know, and I wasn't apologetic about it. It was it was very matter of fact. It was, you know, these are the things that happened to me. You know, last night I was doing some new stuff that I got about being trans because to be honest, I don't always write about it and I don't always talk about it on stage because for other people, it's a much bigger deal than it is for me. So we've been talking about comedy and comedy is going through a pretty tricky stage at the moment, I would say. And I, I yeah. was, I, let me put it to you that with the stranglehold on comedy, you know, by the likes of Avalon and Off the Curb and, and the same banal faces of comedy being regurgitated on our screens week in, week out, what do you think the future holds for innovative, fresh, stroke alternative comedy? Do you know, I think that it's it's bright, to be fair, because the way that things are going at the moment, it's uh, the live circuit is the thing that's, that seems to be uh, suffering the most. And I think that it's suffering because comedy is so popular on television at the moment, which is just a trend. It, it happened in the 80s. It happened again in the mid-90s. It's happening again now. Um, basically, it'll fall out of favour again reasonably soon. And with that, you will stop getting all of the thousands and thousands and thousands of talentless people who seem to think that they can be funny giving it a go so when where next for bethany black what are you doing at the moment what's coming up um currently i am uh, i'm all over the place i'm um i'm doing lots of pride festivals i am performing up and down the country i've got a couple of things um that are currently top secret that i'm not allowed to talk about which is really annoying but they are very very exciting so um yes yeah, so there's some like really exciting things that are, that are coming up and um yeah just carrying on gigging just if you check my twitter um feed or my facebook page at bethany black uh, at bethany black on twitter you'll be able to find me um there's usually lots of stuff on there and you can ask me and i can sort of tell you it's essentially sylph and kittens my twitter feed that's all it really is um, no facebook or anything like that just twitter's the best place to get you uh twitter's the best place to get me but i am on facebook uh if you search for bethany black you quite easily be able to find me i uh there's a bethany black comedian page on there and there's uh bethany black you'll be able to recognize me as the one with the kiss makeup with the mohican bethany it's been fantastic thank you so much for joining us today and look forward to seeing you on saturday the 28th if i can encourage everyone to go along and see bethany who's headlining at trans pride this year for the moment I can it's wait. Bethany. <laughs> thank you thanks 
That was Bethany Black. And before we go, it's been a trans pride special. And uh, I'd like to have a um, thank you for coming to the studio. Do you have some links for us that people can connect to and find out all about trans in the park? Yes, of course. Um, for all things trans pride Brighton, you can find us, you can find it on the website, transpridebrighton.com. And there's all the event details and how to donate is on there. We're also on Facebook, Twitter and Tumblr if you know how to use those, which I am struggling with. But, yeah, just uh, transpired right and you'll find all you need. Thank you very much for having me. It's been great. That's fine. Thank, thanks for a young person actually admitting they don't know technology. <laughs> I feel better now. <laughs> I feel a lot yeah. better. Um, thanks for listening, and thanks to all our studio guests today, uh, Sabah Chowdhury and Benjamin Pritchard. Thank you. And yes. obviously on Skype, Bethany Black. And if you're heading down to Brighton for Trans Pride, have a great time. You've been listening to Time for Tea on Radio Reverb 97.2 FM. You can also catch this show again on iTunes by searching for me, Claire Parker, in iTunes Store, as well as streaming website on Podomatic on timefortea.podomatic.com. Our next show is on the 18th of August, so pop that into your diaries. Playing out, Wild Cherry. Mm-hmm.